The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on Hoop Ball Network that has taken flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, October 6th. And the Hawks had their first preseason game on Monday. On the road where they lost to the Miami Heat 125-99. And they have a preseason game tonight here in Atlanta versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm going to briefly cover Monday's game and talk a little bit about tonight's game. But today's episode is mainly going to be a public service announcement to anyone interested or supporting the Atlanta Hawks to caution them not to overreact to anything you see in a preseason, whether it's the Hawks or the rest of the NBA. Now, there is some truth in what you see in the preseason, but trust me, you're going to see a lot of clickbait headlines, highlights, and you're going to see people make bold claims off of what they see here in the preseason. So I'm going to get in the pulpit today, and I'm going to talk about what is real and what you should be looking at here in the preseason in regards to the Atlanta Hawks. And we'll do this all after this plug from my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. And if you did not watch the Hawks' first preseason game or just happened to scroll through Twitter and saw that Trey Young got hurt in the game, you're probably going to be like, what the hell happened? Oh my gosh, we're regressing. The Hawks are going to be trash this year, blah, blah, blah. 
overreactions. Overreactions are human nature. And here is what I will say to the Hawks supporters and NBA listeners of this podcast. If you're looking at the Hawks heat game isolated on Monday, or you're seeing everything else around the NBA. Because obviously the first NBA preseason game was Nets-Lakers. And after that, people could overreact and say, oh my God, the Lakers are going to be terrible. They're old. They couldn't do anything against the Nets. It's preseason. Relax. And in regards to the Hawks, this preseason, we will not know everything or what to expect from this Hawks team. I expect them to be a really good team this year in the, in the East. I expect them to be at least a top five seed in the East. But as far as what we're going to see early season, we're don't, we don't know anything. We don't know anything right now. We don't know. Right now, conditioning, which Nate McMillan talked about post-game on Monday, being an issue, especially when you don't have all the available bodies possible back on your roster. You played without Capella. You played without Herter, Hunter. You played with, you know, several players were out on Monday. And these are your first game minutes in several months. You just start training camp. You're, I mean, obviously you train in the offseason. You try to keep yourself in shape. But, you know, you still get fatigued. You still got to work yourself into game shape, into playing shape. And that comes with minutes and then with people who are playing more minutes than they normally would they're going to be fatigued and you're going to be fatigued early in the season as a former college athlete the toughest games uh, when I played college football were the first two games you're excited game one but you get tired fast because you're playing on emotion and you're not truly in game shape yet game two is a little bit better but you're still fatigued after game two. For me, game three is where, okay, you're in game shape, you're in a rhythm, and you know what to expect, how to play, how to prepare week to week to get yourself ready for a game. Obviously, the NBA, quicker turnaround, but the same thing for them. First few games are going to be tough as far as conditioning. You have to work yourself into game shape, and that's something Nate McMillan and the staff will address with this team going through preseason. And as they get people healthy, they're going to bring them on slowly but surely, but work to get themselves conditioned as well. Execution was another thing. And that comes with minutes, conditioning, and reestablishing continuity with those on the court. That's going to take time. Be patient. Do not overreact to what you're seeing in games. It's quick to... You can be quick to be like, damn, Trey looks bad. It's game one. Relax. Please relax. Take a chill pill. Sit back. You know, drink a, a beverage of your choice. Do whatever you need to do to relax. Meditate. And I'm going to point to what you need to be looking at. Because um, sometimes the aesthetics are not pretty, but they're going to be worked out in due time. And like I said, execution, conditioning, minutes, continuity, that's going to work itself out. I'm looking forward to the improvement that they're going to make tonight with those who will get minutes tonight. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Rotations and lineups. They're probably not going to be set into the season opener. The hope right now with the franchise is that the last preseason game, they're going to have almost everybody back when they get a chance to have a rematch against this Miami Heat team here in Atlanta. 
But even that is wishful thinking. And it's an unknown. We don't know who all is going to be healthy for that fourth preseason game before, obviously, they have the season opener against the Dallas Mavericks. In the starting lineup, we know it's going to be Trey Young. We know DeAndre Hunter is probably going to be in the starting lineup. John Collins and Capella are your starting front court to this point. I feel like right now the two guard is up for debate, even though it'll probably be, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich most nights. But Reddish looked good in his first preseason game. He looked good the last two games, obviously playoff games against the Bucks. He looked good. He looked confident. And a lot of fans may be saying, hey, maybe we should start him. And I'm going to talk about that situation a little bit later in the program. But we're not going to see the full starting lineup, full rotations or what rotations are going to look like in the regular season. We're not going to see that in the preseason because we need to get people back and healthy. I mean, Herder wasn't available. He won't be available probably to, uh, until the season opener. So we're going to take it all in stride. Now, this is not an overreaction. This is real. The Miami Heat team we played on Monday and we're going to play in the last season preseason game and four more times in the regular season, they're going to be a very good team this year in the NBA. That's not an overreaction. Most of their starters played on Monday outside of Jimmy Butler. The Heat, who have been missing a true point guard for the last several seasons, that was one of the things holding them back from being a better team in the East and uh, potentially winning an NBA title, although nobody was beating that Los Angeles Lakers team from the bubble. But they added Kyle Lowry this offseason, which was a very good signing for them. I thought Philadelphia was going to get him, but Miami emerged late as the front runner, and they got him. Very good veteran, two-way guard who was an all-star six times in the NBA already, and he fits that heat culture perfectly. His ability to score, defend, Get others involved is exactly what this Heat team was missing. And I think he will further elevate players around him. The Bam Adebayos, who looked really good on Monday night. That's not an overreaction as well. He's in shape. He's confident after his experience in Tokyo with the Olympic team winning a gold medal. He looks explosive. And I think he's going to be an all-star again this year. This Miami Heat team has the potential to have three all-stars on his team this year. They're going to be a really good team. Tyler Hero looks strong and looking to take a step up this year in a possible six-man-of-the-year candidate, in my opinion. You have Duncan Robinson, one of the best shooters in the league, and then you add a corner three-point specialist, elite defender, and NBA champion in P.J. Tucker. You add another tough defender, another veteran off the bench in Markeith Morris. The Miami Heat will undoubtedly challenge the Hawks for the Southeast Division title this year. That's not a stretch. That's not an overreaction. That's fact. And But we know that these Hawks are not afraid of challenges. The Hawks team that we saw last year when adversity struck, they answered the call. They're not afraid of challenges, which is why I'm looking forward to the matchups between the Hawks and the Heat this upcoming season. I expect them to be tough, physical, low-scoring games where Hawks players will have to make tough shots and defend to win those games. The bench is going to have to be ready, be physical. You know, when their number is called, go in there and execute. And I think having a healthy Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, Kevin Herter off the bench, 
will be a huge help. And man, I just cannot wait for them to duke it out in the regular season four times. The Heat looked confident on Monday night. They looked well-conditioned, and they looked excited to play with each other. That's great for them. We're going to have that same energy here at home tonight, and as we get healthier, the excitement is going to build that, okay, we have everybody. Let's see what we can do. Let's get back to where we were. We got a taste of you know championship-level experiences in the Eastern Conference Finals and losing to the eventual NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to be hungry to get back, and I'm excited for the Hawks to get healthier and see what we can do. I mean, outside of just against the Miami Heat, but the rest of the NBA this upcoming season. I'm not going to get too much in the statistics from game one because it's the first game of the preseason, and I mean, don't look too much into it. People are going to be getting into rhythm, getting into shape and whatnot. Not everybody's available, all that stuff. But here's the things that I liked in the midst of the blowout loss on Monday. John Collins looked good. And he always plays well against the Miami Heat. He had 14 points on 5 of 8 shooting from the floor. Hit all of his free throw attempts. Grabbed 9 rebounds. He looked locked in, focused, and shaped. Uh, emotional leader on the court. And I am so glad to have him back on the roster. So glad. He was always a big piece of this Hawks franchise going forward. I'm excited to see the step forward he's going to make this year. We saw his patented put-back dunks. His defense, which has been improving year to year. Mid-range jumpers. No threes made on Monday night, but those are going to come as well. So we're not worried about that. I didn't see the playmaking for others, but that's okay. But again, John Collins looks primed to have a big year in my opinion, for this Atlanta Hawks team. I just want to see him be confident, be consistent, and whatever role that is called upon for him night to night, play it at 120%. And as far as effort, we don't have to question John Collins' effort. He played, outside of Herder, the most games for the Hawks last year in barring health which I went ahead and knocked on wood, Hawks fans, so I covered myself there. I expect John Collins to continue to be consistent and be a force for this Hawks team in the paint. And again, no Capella next to him on Monday night. And Capella will be back. That's going to help John Collins. So excited what we're going to see from John Collins this upcoming season. Another takeaway, Cam Reddish looked good. He looked healthy. He looked strong, confident, and don't look at his percentages, but when you watched him, he looked good. He looked happy to be back on the floor, and I'm excited to see, you know, the step forward he takes tonight with more minutes, more opportunities. And we know he can shoot threes and get to the basket when he wants to. But I like the mid-range jumpers that he took in Monday's game because that's a spot on the floor that I would like to see him take more shots to keep the defense guessing so they don't just play up tight on him on a three-point line or just ride his hip and challenge those shots and foul him to alter shots when he gets to the cup. If he's knocking down mid-range jumpers, the defense is going to, you know, scoot back a little bit because you know that he's athletic, he has some speed, he can blow by you. I want to see more mid-range jumpers from Cam Reddish. And my favorite shot 
that he made on Monday, in my opinion, was when he had the ball on the wing and he got the ball, sized up the defender, made a nice move to get some separation and knocked down an 18-footer with the defender in his face. It was fluid. It was confident. And again, I want to see more mid-range jumpers and him make mid-range jumpers so it opens up his game and opens up his opportunity you know, for others on this offense. Of course, outside of that, I want to see Cam Reddish continue to finish around the rim, get to the free throw line, and his percentages, you know, go up this year, be more efficient as a player. And Nate McMillan talked about getting him more touches this year and running more plays for Cam Reddish. And I'm going to be looking for that tonight with players out. Cam Reddish is going to be probably a more focal point of this offense outside of Bogey. Actually, Bogey's going to be out tonight. So outside of, you know, John Collins, I expect Reddish to be a huge focal point tonight, and that's going to be something that I watch as far as his shot selection, his confidence, and obviously his percentages and his efficiency going into the game against Cleveland tonight. Uh, bogey. Before, um, I know you look at his percentages from Monday night, you're going to be like, yeah, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the floor. But again, it's the first game of the year's preseason. I like this shot selection, and I liked him getting others involved. He had three assists on Monday night. I would like for that number consistently to be four or more as far as assists, but he got others involved when he needed to. He had four steals, which is something very underrated from him as well. He, he's a pretty good off-ball defender and jumping the passing lanes and getting steals and active hands. I want to see that continue. His shot will come. We all know that. And I think for now, he's going to be the starting two guard on his team. But as I said before, that could be a game-to-game matchup type decision between him and Cam Reddish. If there's games where you know the opposing two guard is a really good player, you're going to want someone who's a better defender on him. I think you put Cam Reddish in that spot. If the two guard isn't necessarily elite, you put in bogey and add a little bit more offense into the starting lineup you know, next to Trey Young, having another person who can get their own shot, create for others and whatnot. But I think Bogey and Reddish, that's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, as, well, obviously, Cam Reddish is going to be playing tonight. Bogey will not play tonight. So really interested in that dynamic and what comes of this and what decisions Nate McMillan makes in the future as far as for the starting lineup, in particular, the two-guard position. Again, Trey Young got hurt, bump knees. He's nothing to worry about, nothing serious. People complained on Twitter. Why was he even in the game? Why was he in the game? Well, he needs minutes, like everyone else. And yes, we need to protect him, but he needs to get in rhythm and game shape as well. And you look at the game on Monday, yeah, his shot wasn't falling at a high clip, but I like that he was getting others involved. His assist numbers weren't high, but he was deferring to others, trying to get other people in rhythm. I liked seeing that from Trey Young. He was picking his spots better, attempting more mid-range jumpers, and we not we shouldn't be worried about Trey Young. He's going to be fine. He's going to be healthy. I'm sure that maybe not this preseason game tonight. He's gonna, probably going to be out, but game three, 
He'll probably play some. And then game four, he's going to probably play more minutes as a dress rehearsal, her rehearsal for the season opener versus Dallas. We shouldn't be worried about him. They talked about Trey Young in a story in Sports Illustrated written by Michael Pina that was shared to me by Andrew Hill on Twitter. Shout out, Andrew. Thank you for tagging me with the article. It was a great read. Guys, you should check it out. The article talked about Trey Young being the torchbearer for our franchise here in Atlanta and how he can improve this year. And as I said, in game one of the preseason against the Miami Heat, I saw him trying to do those things in limited minutes. Everyone's Everyone needs to get in rhythm, including him. But he knows he has to make shots, but he also has to get others involved and get other people in the offense touches for them to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Naaman Millen talked about in an article about even after the season ended, they're still in communication about the offense and managing the game, setting up things for others within the offense, reviewing CP3 and how he played in the NBA Finals and continuing to do things to take the next step in making his team better. And the article from in Sports Illustrated, I did retweet on my timeline. I will give you my Twitter at the end of the episode. If you have not followed me, give me a follow on Twitter and follow Hoopball Hawks Twitter account. But going into this season, the article talked about the state of the Hawks now, the confidence going into the year, the roles that need to be defined as far as rotations, starting lineups that I've already alluded to, and what the Hawks need to do to repeat last year's success. Trey Young is very much a part of that, but so is everyone else on this team. This team is not just Trey Young. That's the beauty of what we did in the offseason two seasons ago, this past offseason, adding veterans, drafting well, so that the team can continue to get better around Trey Young. Trey Young can enable them, which will elevate their play and elevate his play. That's what it's all about. And that's what I want to see this year. Continue to be confident in your players around you so they grow, so this team can get back to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. And my last takeaway from the game on Monday was the bench. We lost, yes. But I like the Hawks' bench potential for this year. I liked it last year. And, you know, there was games where they were streaky and obviously a lot of injuries and all that. Couldn't settle into the roles until later in the season. I get that. But when you look at the bench this year, Lou Will back. You add DeLon Wright. You add Gorgie Dang. Gallinari's back. Solomon Hill. You have Reddish Bogey, which whoever obviously is not starting at the two guard. They're going to be coming off the bench. You add the rookie Jalen Johnson. And when healthy, you have Kevin Herter and Oyeka Okongwu. Now, they all need to be healthy to fill out the roles and build continuity. But off the bench, I love the combination of experience, vets, and youth with athleticism. I feel like it's, it's a dangerous combination as far as what other teams have to go against when they're playing the Atlanta Hawks. The bench is going to carry a lot of water this year with, obviously, if injuries come up or when the starters are flat some nights, you have some vets off the bench and some youth off the bench that could give them a lift. And I liked what I saw from the bench in stretches Monday night. Again, it's game one. It's not going to be clean. It's not going to be perfect. 
They didn't execute at a high level. They're not in game shape yet. That's all going to come. But I love the potential, and I can see them helping the, helping this franchise, helping this team win games against inferior opponents and stepping up in big moments against stiff competition when their number is called. We've seen games where Gallo has taken over. Lou Will has done his thing. Solomon Hill has played well in stretches when he needs to be plugged into the starting lineup or getting big minutes off the bench. We already know what Kavon Herter can do. We've seen Reddish have some big games as well. I like the athleticism in Jalen Johnson as a four or a small ball five or maybe play a little bit of three. You know, Gorgie Dang is an experienced vet. DeLon Wright is an experienced vet. Okongwu, when healthy, his explosiveness, his defense, his finishing around the rim, and how he continually gets better game to game. And we say that, you know, last year, you know, the bench was good last year. I like them. But they're going to be even better this year, especially with that added front court depth and a true experienced backup point guard behind Trey Young. I'm excited to see a lot of these bench players play tonight, gain confidence, build continuity, get in rhythm. It's going to be fun to see. And I know it's Cavaliers, but the Cavaliers beat us more times than we beat them last year. And they're going to be the second game of the regular season after we take on Dallas Mavericks. We have to go to Cleveland to take care of them. And yes, Cleveland got drummed by the Chicago Bulls last night. And they're going to be looking to bounce back tonight. But so are the Atlanta Hawks. So, again, do not overreact to Monday night's game or any preseason game, to be you know to be frank. This is going to be an ease back into the flow of things type of preseason for the Atlanta Hawks. Get people healthy. Get in shape. Get in rhythm. And prepare for the grind ahead. It's going to be tough to repeat last year's success with the East getting better. We saw Miami. Obviously, the Knicks, I think they're going to be tough again this year, adding Kimball Walker. Uh, the Bulls through the internet are going crazy over right now. Again, they were playing the Cavaliers. Chill out. But they're better. Milwaukee obviously won it all last year. Brooklyn, who's going to be the favorite to win it all this year. Whatever happens with Philadelphia. Charlotte in their own division. But seeing all these other teams play in the East, don't get caught up in the sauce. Do not overreact. Please don't overreact. And do not uh, come to me saying, man, like, man, I don't know if we can beat the Bulls. We don't know anything. As I said at the top of the program, we don't know anything. The Hawks are going to take it game by game and improve just like they did last year. I loved what the, the approach that Nick McMillan took last year. They just looked at it game to game. How can they improve? What do we have to do to win? Build a good game plan and go out and execute. That is what got the Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And that's got to be their focus again this year. Obviously, some things will change, but that should remain consistent in my opinion. Again, I'm excited to watch them continue to improve tonight with the guys not in the starting lineup. See the bench players get in the rhythm, figure out this puzzle that is our lineups and rotation. As I said before, multiple times on the program, the game is tonight here in Atlanta on Valley Sports here locally, tipping off at 7.30 p.m. And oh, by the way, 
DeAndre Hunter is probable tonight. We could see DeAndre Hunter back tonight. I'm excited to see how he looks in limited minutes. As I said before, Reddish. I'm excited to see him with an expanded role with people out. And right now, it looks like Trey Young, Bogey, and Capella will all be out tonight. But I'm excited to see DeLon Wright step up at the point guard position and get others involved and really enable, you know, people who are going to be playing, who's going to be playing with as far as, you know, the, if he has to come in and spell Trey Young, the starters, and I can see obviously the bench, he's going to have a lot of continuity with the bench players. So I'm excited to see DeLon Wright settle in. And this is what the preseason is all about. But don't get carried away. These are just dress rehearsals for the season opener versus Dallas on TNT, which will be fun here in Atlanta. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans, Georgia sports fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, whoever is willing to listen to this to get ready and follow the Atlanta Hawks throughout the regular season. This is the program to do it. So do not withhold this from anyone who needs to hear this. Take care of your fellow friends and supporters of the Hawks and put them on this show. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at Ball Hawks on Twitter. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Game tonight, 7 30, Valley Sports. My eyes are going to be glued to it when I'm not watching the wild card uh, baseball game because I am a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I'm going to be watching us take on the Dodgers. Obviously, they're the favorite to win the World Series, so it's going to be tough, but. I'm going to be splitting my attention tonight, but obviously I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about preseason game two, what I saw from that. And we're going to continue to take it episode by episode, just like the Hawks are taking it game by game. We're getting closer to the 100th episode here on Hoop All Hawks. I thank you guys for your support of this program. As I said, continue to share this program. I want more ears listening to Hoop Ball Hawks because we're only going to get better as the season is upon us. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, rest of your week. We will be back to talk about Hawks Cavs next episode. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.